The Nashville Predators are fighting for a playoff spot. The San Jose Sharks may be messing up their tanking for Bedard. And the Washington Capitals have major changes ahead. But can they salvage the rest of Alexander Ovechkin's career? We've got all that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the co-host of Locked On Predators, Ann Kimmel. And uh, Ann, your team is like the little engine that could. They don't give up in spite of all of the obstacles that they are dealing with. And they are now fighting for one of those last playoff spots in the Western Conference. How are they doing this with the multitude of injuries that this team is facing right now? It's really been amazing to watch. And when we talk with John Hines about how is this team, where this team is, he mentions two words. He mentions hunger and he mentions culture. You know, the Predators lost a lot of their vet, very important veterans at the trade deadline. You know, Nita Ryder, uh, Matthias Ekholm, Mikhail Granlund, even Tanner Janot. And so it was sort of a reset. But then these injuries began to pile up. And what we've seen happen here in Nashville is that they are bringing up some of these young players from the Milwaukee Admirals, and they are coming up hungry. This is their chance to prove that they are NHL caliber players. And with that hunger and that drive, the veterans who are remaining, the few left standing when it comes to injuries, really have helped create a culture in the locker room that is helping these young players succeed, that is really giving some confidence to this team. It's a really positive environment right now, which is a little bit different than where the Nashville Predators maybe were earlier in the season. It's been a really positive change due to some really unfortunate circumstances. Yeah, and I mean, you look at this team statistically, 28th in the league in goals scored, only one player with 20-plus goals, and that's Matt Duchesne, who is out with an injury, and yet they put a sixth spot on the St. Louis Blues in their last game. Yeah, and so much of that comes down to this really fun group of young players. We have uh, Tommy Novak, who has come up and been lighting it up here for the Nashville Predators. He's played 44 games for the Predators. He is closing in on Philip Forsberg in points. We also have young Luke Evangelista. Now, Luke Evangelista and Tommy Novak played together in Milwaukee, and that chemistry has transferred very nicely to the NHL. Tommy Novak had a four-point game. Luke Evangelista had a three-point game on Saturday. Um, and they're just, these young players are coming in and they're just kind of finding their groove on the ice. Yeah, and that, and that's great to see. And then, of course, you know, UC Soros also seems to be uh, finding his groove in the team defensively is getting back to what they used to do best. 
UC Soros is absolutely the backbone of this team. None of the amazing things that we see happen, despite this great play from the youth, despite the support from the veterans, none of that would result in the Predators being where they are right now without UC Soros. He is playing probably the best hockey of the season right now. He's first in the league in goals saved above expected, first in the league in wins above replacement. He is winning games for this Nashville Predators team. And I think the players in front of him want to do everything they can to get him the wins. You know, they've had opportunities for two shutouts for him in the last couple of games and one goal's gotten passed. And I think the team really is frustrated by that because they know how much Soros means to their success. So what is the key here? We have uh, less than 10 games remaining on the schedule. It's a brutal schedule. I mean, uh, yeah. every team they're facing, I believe, would make the playoffs if the season ended today. What are the keys for this Predators team to finish this push and actually qualify for the postseason? It's going to be a challenge for sure, because like you said, this schedule is brutal. The Predators are looking at Dallas, Vegas, Carolina, Minnesota down the stretch. There just are no easy games coming up. I think one of the keys is, again, UC Saros and Net. He is really going to be what gets this team over the hump and, and continue to keep them in this playoff conversation. And I think the other thing is that the team needs to continue to be hungry. This team could have just kind of folded at the trade deadline when some more of these injuries piled up. Ryan McDonough talked about that. And the mindset of this team is we're just not going to give in. We're, we're all in. And these young players with their energy, with their hunger, these veterans who have been through the gauntlet. Ryan McDonough has gone through long postseasons. He knows what it's going to take to really dig in to finish this regular season strong. I think those things are going to all have to come together. And you know what? Some stars are going to have to align. The Predators are going to need some teams to maybe not have their best final stretch to get them into the playoffs. But for even what this team's been through to be in this conversation, hats off to the Predators team because they've really done a phenomenal job under really difficult circumstances. What does the fact that this team is still in contention after everything they've been through say about the coaching staff right now? You know, that's really interesting. Coaching has been a hot topic among Nashville Predators fans for a long time. John Hines has sort of been on the hot seat, especially with the fan base. But it's very interesting because what we're hearing from the players in the postseason and what we're or in the post game and what we're hearing from John Hines in the post game is that this is a team that is really fun to coach and they are really receptive. And one of the things that Hines has repeated is that he has a team right now where every single player is bought in, veterans and young players. And so the vibe in the locker room is really good. I think Hines has the respect of the group that's in the locker room. And, you know, he's got a year left on his contract. You know, Barry Trotz is coming in as the new general manager. There's lots of speculation. Will Barry Trotz bring in his own coach? Or will John Hines get to finish out his contract? I think what we're seeing down the line really works in favor of giving John Hines another year because this team is headed for a reset. And what we're seeing right now of what's to come, it really speaks well of the coaching staff and what they've been able to do under the circumstances. And, and even if they don't make the playoffs, it seems like a lot of these young players are gaining some really valuable experience that will help this team next year, even just competing for jobs in training camp. 
the silver lining of all of this is that the players are benefiting and so does the organization. These players are getting this experience. They're getting ice time. They're getting uh, competition against, like we said, playoff caliber teams down the stretch. But this also sets up the franchise really well because they are going to go into the postseason and they're going to go into this trade or, or into the draft that's happening here in Nashville. And they're going to have a really good idea of exactly what they have in the pipeline and what they need. So despite, like I said, really unfortunate circumstances, the Nashville Predators, one way or another, are going to finish this season with some really good things happening. Well, I uh, can't ask for more than that after everything this franchise has been through this year. And why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? So you can find the podcast Locked on Predators wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. And you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. You can find me online at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. All right. And always a pleasure. Thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Sharks, J.D. Young and, and J.D., you know, here's a team that has been near the bottom of the standings all year long, going for that number one pick, trying to get the lottery done, and now they're on a winning streak? What, what What's going on? Yeah, they went from a, a nine-game losing streak, one of the uh, the, the most in the, this entire season, and then now they won three straight games. They beat uh, they beat a Winnipeg Jets team, which they seem to have their number this season now. They've won two games against uh, the Jets. Uh, they beat Vegas, who's vying for the – best you know the top seed in the pacific and then they beat a they just beat down arizona on saturday night um it's really interesting this kind of everybody was very excited about the chance of getting bedard uh you win three games and now you are the fourth uh fourth or the fourth worst odds of uh in, in the old tankathon stadium so it's been a very roller coaster kind of week and a half for the sharks fans as you know the thoughts of potential generational talent like Connor bedard being there for them and with this winning streak it, it's probably going to take them out at least of the top odds going into the draft lottery and you're just gonna have to pray to the hockey gods that you get a little bit of luck well if it makes you feel any better the schedule does get tougher from here on in. <laughs> it does get brutal yes <laughs> they have uh four games uh sorry two games against the avalanche two games against the oilers and then you're playing winnipeg and calgary who are both fighting for a spot in the pacific division uh, or in the the Western Conference playoff race there, so it's our, it's brutal down the stretch here. So I I think this might have been the last winning games for the Sharks, and then it probably ended up with a six game losing streak going down the stretch. You know, if we're talking Sharks, we have to talk Eric Carlson. Ninety five points right now through seventy six games, a chance for a defenseman to get to the hundred point mark. 
what has he meant to this team and and how good has he been this season? Uh, Eric Carlson has been on another level this year. Um, this was surpassed anything I've, I've expected out of Eric Carlson. Uh, like you said, he's got 95 points, needs five points in the final six games to become the first defenseman uh, to have 100 points since Brian Leach did it back in 91, 92. So it's been uh, a long time. Uh, not a math guy, but that's 30 years right there uh, of this. Um, without Eric Carlson, this would be one of the worst teams I have ever seen in my life. Uh, he's dragged this team to be somewhat relevant. And it's not just like one guy he's had 19 different uh guys that he's assisted on a goal score this year so 19 different goal scores where he's been had an assist on there so he's making everybody around him better and it's great to see after kind of the past couple of years of him not being healthy him not being full power he's played every game this season and this is why you traded for him many years ago and this is why you gave him that massive contract um it has been absolutely just a treat night in and night out to watch him. Um, Corey from the athletic had uh, a stat this year. So they've had uh, for defensemen who've had at least four point games. There's been 21 of them this year. Uh, Eric Carlson has five of them. 16 other guys have one. So what he's doing on a night, you never know. Just Eric Carlson might show up and decide to score a hat trick, put up four points, just do, be the best player on the ice. And I think if he gets to a hundred points, I don't see how you can't give him the Norris um, when it all said and done. Yeah, I think he has to be the runaway favorite for the Norris at this point. Obviously, the team MVP as well. You know, you mentioned the three-game winning streak, and you know, a lot of the younger players are contributing to that success. Give Sharks fans some hope. Point out to people some of these young guys who are making an impact here late in the season. Yeah, I mean, William Eklund, he was called up before um, and then sent back down there playing the contract game with him so that way he doesn't hit his, you know, start his contract. Uh, he looked really, really solid. You could definitely see the improvement from year one to this year. Um, unfortunately, when he went back to the AHL, uh, got hit in the corner, tore his uh, labrum, so he's done for the season. He'll be, he should be back to begin uh, next year. Um, but then right now we've seen Thomas Bordalo come up and um, hasn't gotten on the, the score sheet but as, as much as you would expect. But he's been very productive and kind of, you know, just being an NHL player. And you, you've seen that jump from last year to this year. Daniel Gusha made his NHL debut, uh, third round pick from the 2020 draft, scored in his first game. Um, absolute sniper. And I, I think, I, again, you're just seeing this progress from these guys. Uh, Henry Thrun, who they acquired from the Ducks at the trade deadline for third round pick uh, defenseman who went to Harvard um, come in has looked really, really solid two points in his first game just looks like an NHL defenseman. Who's been doing this for five or six years. He's played two games so far in the NHL. So while it's been a struggle for sharks fans this year, you're starting to see glimpses of the future and why this rebuild may not be um, as long as, as, expected if some of these guys can kind of hit the ground running and then you get hopefully get some lottery luck in this the this draft and then all of a sudden you have some guys who are going to be ready to make an impact in the nhl here the next year or two and kind of maybe start to kind of turn things around for the sharks what do you see them doing this off season i mean we know they're in rebuild mode you're, you're saying it could take a little less time than the worst case scenario yeah but I mean, are they going to build around Carlson? Is there a possibility they trade Carlson? Uh, and and what kind of moves do you anticipate them trying to make this offseason? 
I mean, that's the $11.5 million question is what do you do with Eric Carlson? Uh, coming off a career year, uh, probably going to win his third Norris. Four years left on this contract after this season at $11.5 million. Uh, we know the cap is probably still going to be pretty tight for the next couple seasons. Um, but this is Carlson's, you know, his stock has never been higher than it is right now. So um, I would expect the Sharks to try to move on from Eric Carlson, try to recoup some value from him, um, send him to a team that is ready to uh you know, ready to try to win a Stanley Cup the, in the next year or two. Um, and then if the Sharks need to retain some salary, that's a whole or another ordeal that they can kind of figure out. But um, I actually do expect Eric Carlson to be traded this offseason. It's kind of been floated around that this might be the best time because, you know, teams have a little bit more cap flexibility um, this offseason. So I expect that to happen. But again, you add some more picks, you add some more top level prospects kind of fit with the core of Bordelow, Eklund, uh, Phil said, who was the Sharks first round pick from last year. You're probably going to have a top four pick in this year's draft. Um, so if you get a Leo Carlson, uh, Michkov, somebody like that, um, then you can kind of see, okay, this is, this is the new core. Let's start to try to win some games here now soon. So um, they're going to have a little bit of cap space this, this uh, season or this off season. So maybe they can start to add some more impact guys um, that can kind of fit around their, their core. And they're going to have two first round picks uh, with the Timo Meyer trade. So uh, I think the Sharks are going to be active, but it's going to be a, they're going to be very cautious about making sure everything fits the timeline for your guys, like your Eklund's, your Bordelow's and your 2023 first round pick. Should be a very eventful off season in San Jose. JD, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you on social media. Of course, you can find the podcast wherever you get podcasts, and you can follow for free on YouTube as well. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked On Sharks. Uh, me on Twitter, of course, at My Fryhole. And yeah, uh, plenty of draft profiles. So if you enjoy uh, the draft, I think I—I'm just gonna say I think I do it the best out of anybody on the channel. So if not, come come for my crown, guys. Come for my crown. So. <laughs> Modesty always a, a, a good thing. JD, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Gil. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1 by Athletic Greens. The grip of winter is finally being loosened, and you may be trying to get back into a more healthy and active lifestyle. What better way to pair with some new exercise habits than a daily dose of nutritional insurance in the form of AG1? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Joining me now, uh, a man who it's always a pleasure to have him back on the show, the host of Locked On Capitals, Dan Holmey. And Dan, uh, on Sunday, the Caps lose their fourth in a row. Does not look like the playoffs are a realistic possibility at this point. How did the Caps get to this point? Because they have made the playoffs now for, what, eight, nine years in a row. 
Yeah, I mean, the last time they missed it was 2014 uh, during the Adam Oates uh, run there as the head coach on the team. But uh, ultimately, how the Caps got here was injury, a myriad of injuries. Uh, they were uh, third most injuries uh, in all of the NHL all season. So, I mean, they were up against it all season long. The biggest uh, thing for me was Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson, two huge pieces uh, missing out of the lineup. They didn't return to the lineup until January. Uh, I got to think that they would at least have been higher in the standings. I'm not going to say they would have won the Metro division, but I think they would have at least been a spot or two in the standings if Wilson and Backstrom had been in there. And just part of it is this aging core um, and just the perils of being in win-now mode and trying to protect the Ovechkin era. Um, and I think that's ultimately why the Caps are in the position that they're in. They went out and made some moves during. Uh, the trade deadline, they picked up Ramis Sandin. They moved some pieces out that, uh, you know, ultimately I think they weren't going to help contribute to this team. I don't think they thought they were going to be able to give Orloff uh, a new deal. Same goes with Gustafson and Hathaway. But that's what it's all about is just injuries, I would say, is the biggest thing. Um, and then just um, trying to plug in these different players. They've never really been able to find cohesive lines or deep pairings out there as it's always been in flux uh, this entire season. Um, I started this season with quite a bit of hope. They added Connor Brown, Dylan Strom out there. I got Darcy Camper and Charlie Lindgren on paper. I thought this team was loaded for bear, but then Connor Brown got injured within the first couple games. And then we find out Bick Backstrom's resurfacing in Wilson. So injury, I guess I would say is, you know, pretty much what put him in this position. So if injury was uh, a major reason for the team falling short of the playoffs this year, how do they deal with that during this offseason? Do they say, if we're healthy, we're going to be fine? Or are we going to see a lot of overhaul coming to our nation's capital this offseason? Well, I mean, I think there are some players that have played their last season with the Caps. One of them is a bit surprising, Evgeny Kuznetsov. He has expressed his displeasure of playing in Washington. Uh, he is the captain of his own uh, fan club and thinks that he should be higher up uh, skating out there. Sometimes he's on the third line from time to time. And, you know, ultimately he is and has been a first or second line center, but sometimes he has not lived up to potential. Listen, last season he was in the top three in scoring on this team. It's been a bit of fall of grace this year. Um, the other player, of course, would be Anthony Mantha, who's been hot and cold. And kind of the dagger for his chance in D.C. is when he coughed up the puck to Evgeny Malkin. Game-winning goal. That's all she wrote. And that would kind of really dash the Caps' hope there. Um, but then just taking a look at free agents out there. The tough thing, a lot of times people ask me, well, this team's going to get better next year. And my question is always, how? If I take a look at the free agents out there, it's Connor Brown, Craig Smith, Carl Hagelin, Connor Sherry, and Matt Irwin. Listen, none of those guys are real game changers. You subtract all of those guys from the lineup and say, you know, you add some different players. Listen, this is going to be pretty much this same team going into next year. That's what has me worried as a Caps fan is, you know, I think that we think there's going to be this, you know, big hard reset in the offseason. And then when they reboot up the computer in the fall, it's going to be operating perfectly. Now, on paper, it might if Wilson and Backstrom are playing in top form, maybe they will play better, but it's not enough. This isn't this is a far cry from the Capitals that we've seen for the last decade or so. How about the coaching situation? Do you see them making a change this offseason or do we have the same staff back for 2023-2024? You know, it's one of the things I talk about quite often on my show is I'm kind of, you know, to a certain extent against getting rid of Peter Laviolette. 
the winningest U.S. born coach. Those guys don't exactly grow on trees out there, but I understand this is a winning business. You know, one of the things they talk about show business is it's show business, not show happy. Same thing goes for sports here. It's what have you done for me lately? And uh, for Peter Laviolette, he's not getting results. And uh, I think that ultimately they're going to kind of assess the situation. I've heard uh, Halpern's name out there. I I've heard Spencer Carberry's name out there. So even though I'm not for it, it just seems to me that the writing is on the walls that this is Peter Laviolette's last season coaching in D.C. But for me, uh, the one thing I don't want them to do is I don't want to see Blaine Forsythe out there. I don't want to see all these other assistants. If we're going to do a, you know, a hard reset, then I want you to empty them all into the recycle bin and start all over again. Let Jeff Halpern or Spencer Carberry or whoever have their uh, assistance that they want to out there uh, because that is, you know, the recipe for success. And, you know, I, it makes all the difference in the world. Take a look at what happened when Barry Trotz came to DC, the caps finally got over that hump of wanting to win a Stanley cup. And they did it with great, you know, Mitch Korn, the goalie whisperer. So um, I think that a new head coach could be what the doctor ordered. Um, I just don't, you know, I hate that this falls squarely on Peter Laviolette's shoulders. Obviously, you know, we've discussed the Alex Ovechkin situation and how the management made a, a pledge to him that they would always try to put together a contending team around him. How much effect does that have on the direction this team is going to go in going forward? Listen, it's huge. Uh, I hear all the insiders, Tarek Elbish, year uh, who covers the athletic and uh, talks about the capitals is that's always what he talks about is that there's been promises made from ted leonsis and brian mcclellan to ovechkin that he won't go through a tear it down to the studs rebuild kind of similar to what's happening to the washington nationals right now um and because they're protecting his legacy they want him to uh, catch wayne gretzky and alex ovechkin has always said all along that above and beyond his goal record he wants to win more cups in D before he finally hangs it up here and i believe him um so i really hope that that is the case but uh, i i think to live up to our end of the bargain we need to bring in players that are going to help this team win um like you know i was talking to you earlier before the show frank saravalli and um uh, nhl insider said it doesn't seem like the caps are living up to their end of the bargain they're going to need to make some big changes while uh, protecting the nucleus which i know is kind of you know, flies in the face of what I'm saying, but I'm talking Baxter and Oshie and Wilson, but everyone else other than that, you know, I would say is expendable. So do you expect some kind of a big trade possibly being made this off season? Yeah, it, listen, uh, uh, Chikrin was the big name around trade deadline. You know, as you covered that for almost 24 hours there. Um, but uh, Chikrin, uh, there was more rumors and talk of of him coming here. And, you know, ultimately what uh, Peter Lavia, or excuse me, Brian McClellan had said is if you dangle the right carrot in front of me, I might be game for it. You know, we're talking some of the big guys, like maybe DJ Oshie, maybe Connor McMichael or Hendrix LaPierre, two of the crown jewels of the Washington Capitals organization and the prospects. Um, so I don't think anything's off the table. I think that this team wants to get back into the win column, and I think they're not afraid. I'm against this as well of trading prospects, trading futures, trading draft picks. Listen, the Capitals amassed some draft capital uh, during the trade deadline. I think that they're probably going to use that to pick up some bigger players, kind of like the Rasmus Sandin, something like that. But I don't think that you're going to see it all the way tore, tore down to the studs. But I do think you're going to see some huge changes so this team can be competitive again. 
All right, Dan, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you on social media? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Then, of course, you can find it wherever you find your audio podcasts and on YouTube. All right, Dan, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And I want to thank everyone for making Locked On NHL your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game-to-Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game-to-Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank my guests Ann Kimmel of Locked On Predators, J.D. Young of Locked On Sharks, and Dan Holmey of Locked On Capitals. I'm Gil Martin. I'm here every Monday, and I co-host the Friday edition of the show along with Rachel Donner. And don't forget, we are here at Locked On NHL every Monday through Friday with the biggest stories from around the National Hockey League. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.